Hi, I'm Edward Sree, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. Have you ever been in a conversation with a friend or a family member and some big hot button moral issue comes up, you know, one of those hot button moral issues in the culture, and uh, let's say it's abortion, and you happen to say, well, I think abortion's wrong. And then your friend or your, your cousin or your aunt says to you, well, who are you to judge? Why are you imposing your views on other people? Who are you to say that abortion is wrong for everybody else? Now, maybe you don't want to have an abortion or you don't want to support abortion. That's fine for you and your own personal values and lifestyle and choices. But you can't say that that's wrong for everybody else. Why are you so intolerant. You you Christians, you Catholics are are just so judgmental. Have you ever been in conversations like that where a, a moral issue comes up and you're not sure what to say? What do you do? Can we talk about morality in this secular culture? Can we talk about truth, a truth that's true for everyone? You see, we live in a culture of relativism. Relativism is the idea that truth is relative. There's no truth that's true for everyone. It's relative. It, it depends on your own personal opinion, your personal taste, your personal style. And so, uh, you know, what's true for you may not be true for me. Uh, so there's no, uh, what we would say, no objective truth, a truth that exists outside of us. Uh, everything is subjective, meaning it's based on my own personal feelings or my own personal experience or my personal opinions and preferences. So we live in a culture of relativism. How do we as Catholics talk about truth? How do we train our children in the next generation to believe that there is a right and wrong, a real right and wrong? That's not just right for me because I happen to be a Catholic. No, but it's, it's right because it is good in and of itself. And there are certain things in life that are just wrong, like the murder of innocent children in the womb is just not a good thing. So can, can we say that there is a real right or wrong? How do we talk about that in an effective way, in a loving way, in a winsome way? That's what we're going to look at in this week's podcast. So welcome to All Things Catholic. I'm your host, Edward Sri, and so good to uh, be with you here today. I am excited to talk about this topic. I wrote a book a number of years ago on this theme. The book is called, Who Am I to Judge? Responding to Relativism with Logic and Love. Uh, so if you're looking for a resource for yourself to understand and have greater conviction about moral truth or to know how do I talk about truth with other people, this could be a book to check out. Uh, if you have children, especially you're running, you're, they're in junior high, high school, young adult years, and you're hoping that they can really embrace truth and stay strong and faithful to Jesus, who is the truth uh, in this crazy secular relativistic world. Again, this book could be really helpful. I know it's been used at many high schools, many college campuses, for example. So easy to read and hopefully very helpful in engaging the relativistic culture in which we live. Again, it's called Who Am I to Judge? So let's go back to this, this theme here. I want to begin by sharing something with you, a beautiful a beautiful piece of wisdom from Cardinal Ratzinger, Joseph Ratzinger, the man who became Pope Benedict XVI. And he has written a lot on this topic starting way back in the 90s, and he continued writing on it all the way through his pontificate. Uh, but one time, this is before he was a pope, he talked about how relativism is the new dogma. 
And I think this is, this is a very important point. We, I want to make sure you understand. Then we'll get into the practical things of how we talk about truth and, and morality in a relativistic age. But I want to make sure we have this, this the right vision, that we understand things clearly. Because sometimes I think we Christians, we, you know, when somebody says to us, you know, oh, you're judgmental or why are you so intolerant? You know how we respond? We just hide, <laughs> you know, because like, like that's the worst sin out there, you know, is to be intolerant and, and we're being accused of that. And let's be honest, who wants to be accused of being a bigot or an intolerant, mean, judgmental person? Like, nobody wants that. And so I think sometimes we as Christians are a little timid when it comes to talking about morality with others, especially in the secular world. Because I think we, we think like if I have a strong conviction, that if I say that this is wrong, that that and somebody disagrees with that, uh, that somehow I'm doing something bad, you know. That but I think we have to remember that I disagree doesn't mean I hate you. <laughs> you know, we we can have different convictions, and I can still totally honor you, love you, serve you, respect your dignity as a human person, even though we don't see eye to eye on this certain moral issue. Uh, even though your lifestyle may be very different than mine, I can still love you. I could still be your friend. And, and we as Christians should befriend people who have different views than us. And we should go out of our way to, to make sure that they know that we have great respect for them, that we love them. All these things we should do, of course. But I think we have to see that the reason we're so scared today to talk about morality and truth is we're afraid we're going to be canceled. We're afraid we're going to be critiqued. We're afraid we could lose a promotion, we could lose our jobs, we could lose a friendship, we could lose a relationship, people could look down on me, I won't be accepted in this group anymore. We're, we're really scared. Well, why is that? Why, why can't we just have a friendly conversation? You know, people talk about which team they think is best in Major League Baseball, or, you know, they, they talk about what, what music they like, which bands they like, and they might disagree on their favorite team. And they might disagree on their favorite band, but they don't go to war over these kinds of things. And you're not afraid of losing your job or, or being canceled or being hated or being, you know, unfriended in social media and, and rejected. You know, no, you're not afraid of those things. But why is it when it comes to morality, like we're so scared to talk about these things? It's because of what Ratzinger, the man who became Pope Benedict, said. Relativism has become the new dogma, the dogma that must be believed by everybody. And this is the irony that relativism, you know, presents itself as, oh, we're neutral. You know, we, we're open to all views and, you know, we're, we're the humble group. You know, we accept you and we're not like those, those crazy Christians that believe that there's a truth for everyone. No, no, we accept everyone. We're open to all views, but they're really not. That's why we're so scared because we know if if we if they really were open to a dialogue and open to our views at least tolerating our different perspective on life and how to live and then then we wouldn't be so scared to bring up topics of morality topics of truth relativism ironically is the new dogma the dogma of tolerance we must be tolerant for everybody is actually very intolerant because it's basically in the end saying we are going to be tolerant of everyone that agrees with our position, our view of sexuality, our view of marriage, uh, our view of, of human life. You know, we'll tolerate all those views. But if you dare to say that maybe my view is off, that our view in the majority here is off, then, then we're not going to tolerate you. We're going to make you feel that pressure. We're going to make you so worried 
that you're going to lose something. You'll be rejected. You'll be canceled. Listen to what Pope Benedict Ratzinger said. The more relativism becomes the generally accepted way of thinking, the more it tends toward intolerance, thereby becoming a new dogmatism. It prescribes itself as the only way to think and speak, if, that is, one wishes to stay in fashion. So I want to, do you see that? So relativism is the new dogmatism. It, it, it's presenting itself as the only way to think and speak. And if you want to fit in and you want to be accepted and you don't want to be rejected, then, then you've got to play along and you've got to buy into relativism. But if you dare to step out of that and you want to say, no, there is a right and wrong for everybody, <laughs> then you're going to get a slap on the hand. You're going to be labeled a fundamentalist or a, a bigot or uh, a mean, intolerant person. Ratzinger goes on and he says, quote, being faithful to traditional values and to the knowledge that upholds them is labeled intolerance and relativism becomes the required norm. In other words, if you have a conviction, this is right or this is wrong, you are going to be labeled judgmental. You're going to be labeled intolerant. So you have to subscribe to relativism if you want to fit in in the culture today. But Pope Benedict, again, he wrote this earlier, before his papacy is Joseph Ratzinger, he said that we should push back, basically. We need to push back on this point. He says, quote, I think it is vital that we oppose this imposition, because that's what's really going on here. This is an imposition. They're imposing their view on us. They're imposing their dogma of relativism on us. He says you know, this, this imposition of relativism threatens freedom of thought as well as freedom of religion. Now, he wrote this way back in the 90s. Imagine, imagine the situation today. I mean, he's a prophet, right? You know, in the 90s, yes, there, you felt this a little bit, but man, today, we all feel it. I'll tell you, especially the younger generation, they're so scared. I've talked to many chaplains that work on campus ministries, and they, they tell me that this is the big difference between college students today and college students 10, 15, 20 years ago, is that college students today are so scared to step out and and say they're even Christian, <laughs> to say they have a belief in God, they believe in Jesus, They especially on the moral issues. They're so scared, so timid, because they know they may have to suffer consequences for it. Now, I want to help you with this. Like, so if you're in a conversation with a friend, uh, like I brought up at the very beginning of the show, you know, abortion comes up and you happen to say, I think abortion's wrong. And they say, why are you so judgmental? Why are you so intolerant? What do you do? Do you cower? Do you hide? Do you just back down and say, well, you know, it's just for me. You know, abortion's wrong for me. But if other people want to have abortion, it's okay for them. Well, you're not, you're not holding on to truth because that's just not true, right? Uh, like abortion's wrong for everyone. It's not good for the baby. It's not good for the father. It's not good for the mother. It's not good for society. And so we, we don't want to cower. We don't want to hide. We don't want to back down. So should we just get angry and start yelling? Maybe if I use more volume, then my relative or my friend will listen to me. Well, that never works either. I want to propose to one way that can maybe help have a, a fruitful dialogue and, and one that gets to the, the, the heart of the matter. You know, so many of these conversations about truth and morality end up being so emotionally charged and people take it so personally. I want, I want to throw out another, another option, another direction here that, that I think can, can get to the, to the heart of the matter. So ready here is so a picture of the conversation goes like this. You say, I think abortion is wrong. And then your friend 
comes back or your relative comes back and says, why are you so judgmental? Why are you so intolerant? You come back. Here's the little line I want you to have in your pocket. Always have this in your pocket and be ready to pull it out. Come back and say to your friend, excuse me, are you judging me? Are you judging me? Are, are you saying that I'm a mean, judgmental, intolerant person? I, I feel judged right now. <laughs> now, I, I love this. I, it's kind of funny, you know, because, you know, the, the last thing our relativistic friends are going to expect is for us Christians to, to play the don't judge card. Uh, but in all seriousness, again, I, I want to get to the, the fundamental issue here because it is, I, I think this could be really helpful. So picture the conversation, again, going like this. So you say abortion's wrong. Your friend says, why are you so judgmental? Why are you so intolerant? You come back and say, excuse me, are you judging me? Are you saying I'm a, a, a mean, judgmental person? And your relativistic friend won't won't know what to do because, <laughs> again, they're not used to a Christian playing the don't judge card. And, you know, again, being judgmental is the worst sin in the secular world. And so they're going to be flustered. Whoa, 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 wait, I'm being accused of being judgmental? No, no, no. You're the one. You're the one that's saying abortion is wrong. You're the one saying it's wrong, not just for you, but for everybody. You're the judgmental one. And once your friend admits that, now you've got him. Now you've got him. I can say, oh, my f- dear friend. I understand. Now, I know why you said that. You're saying that because you're a relativist. You, you believe in relativism. You believe that truth is relative, that each individual can make up their own truth. Each individual can make up their own morality, their own reality, uh, that, that there's no truth that's true for everyone. That, that's what you believe, right? You know, show that you really understand. But let's name that. Name that. That's the lens through which they view the world. So I want to picture that's the glasses they have on, if you will. They view the world, the universe, through the lenses of relativism, that there is no truth that's true for everyone. Each individual makes up their own truth, their own morality, their own reality. And then you say to your friend, okay, I understand. So those are the lenses you wear, the glasses you wear. And, you know, you're free to wear those glasses. I, you know, I respect you as a person. And, you know, you're free to, to if that's how you want to view the world, you know, but you know, you haven't convinced me that those are the best lenses to wear. I'm open to talking to you about it. I'd love to learn why you think relativism makes sense. I really do. You know, I'd love to learn about that. But but you haven't convinced me that I should wear those glasses. Uh, And I'm not convinced those are the best glasses. Uh, And so, you know, again, you're free if you want to believe in relativism. If you want to have faith that there's no moral structure to the universe— if you want to have faith that there's no truth that's true for everyone, if you want to have faith in moral relativism, you're free to do that, my dear friend. But the one thing I ask you is this, please do not impose your faith in relativism on me. Now, you don't have to say it with the same tone of voice that I'm using right now. I'm being a little theatrical for the show. <laughs> you know, you could say it softer and kinder and you could smile, but this is the point I want to make. I want to highlight to them that they have a certain worldview. They have a certain lens through which they're looking at reality that they are trying to impose on the rest of us. They have, a, they have certain glasses that they're wearing, a way to see life. And again, I, I acknowledge, hey, you're free if you want to wear those that, that way. I mean, you know, you, you can, uh, you know, but, but you have not convinced me that that is the best way to look at the world. You've not convinced me that I should wear those glasses. You're just trying to force those glasses on me. I'm open to, to hearing why you think those are the best glasses, but I want them to see this is, this is their dogma. This is their religion. And I don't want them imposing their religion of relativism on me. And I know you don't want that either, but that's really what's going on here. 
Relativism in and of itself is its own philosophy, its own worldview, its own lens, its own way of looking at the world. And, and, and they're just trying to force that on us. I don't want to talk just about the, the question of abortion. I don't want to talk about the matters of sexuality and the definition of marriage. I mean, those things, yes, I talk about those. We have to defend those, of course. But, but I, I want to get to the root of the issue. And this is the root of the issue here. This is the foundation is that they look at the world through the lens of relativism and I, and we'll never get them convinced about abortion and marriage and everything else if we can't get them to, to see the problems with the lenses they're wearing. They're always going to come back to, well, everyone should just make up their own reality. So I want to talk about that. So that's why I would continue the conversation. So, But my friend, really, I, I want to hear from you. So tell me, tell me why you think relativism makes sense and let them talk. <laughs> you see, we as Catholics are so uh, so you know used to having to always do the explaining, do all the defending, you know. And the more we talk, the more we feel like we're digging our own grave. You ever feel like like that? Like I, it's making it worse when I keep trying to explain things. Uh, let's let's not be on the defensive all the time. Let's be on offense. I, I often believe the best defense is a good offense. Let's be the one asking the question. And let them have to do the talking and the explaining. So just sit back and go, so tell me, you know, tell me about why you think relativism makes sense and let them talk. They've never had to think about it. They've just breathed it in from just living in secular modernity, from the shows they watch, the news they watch, the songs they listen to, the social media they follow. They've never had to think about relatives, and they just breathed it in and assumed this must be true. This is the lens everyone must wear. Of course, there's no right or wrong, and each individual makes up their own reality and morality. They've never had to think about this. So just ask the question and let them talk, and you'll see. They'll start talking in circles. They're going to quickly become pretty, you know, they're going to feel a little uncomfortable because they're like, am I making sense? You know, and they'll say some things and, you know, it'll sound good. But deep down, they're, they're feeling a little shaky. And, and, and that's good because I want them to have less confidence in these glasses of relativism. I want them to start to wonder, huh, might there be a better lens to look at my life? <laughs> uh, so, and then maybe ask more questions. So, so tell me, how would society work if everybody embraced relativism? How, how would that work? Okay, you know, so everyone just does what they want. Well, then what do you do when there's two groups of people or two individuals that that have different views of, of what's good for society how, and they're competing goods? They're competing for taxpayer dollars or they're competing for rights or whatever. Like, how do you resolve that? Is it just will to power? Who has more money? Who has more influence? Is that a good way to have live society? Is just, you know, whoever's more powerful, more influential gets what they want? I would ask probing questions. Like, so tell me, like, if I said, hey, for me, um, kidnapping little children is good. Would that make it a good thing for society just because I feel like kidnapping little children is good? Or, or if I said, you know, hijacking airplanes and crashing them into buildings is a good thing, you know, it, does that make it okay for me to do that? Or or raping people is a good thing? You know, just because for me, I, I, I that's my value. Does, does that make it a good thing? I, I would let them do the talking and the explaining. They're not going to have good answers. Because relativism does not make sense. It's illogical. It, you know, it, it, it completely just, you know, falls in on itself. You know, and if you just stop to think about it just for a little bit, and, and this is just one short episode, but we can talk about this in, in other future shows. It just, it just doesn't make sense at all. So let's just let them do the talking and do all the explaining. And then that doesn't, that's not going to prove anything. But again, all I want them to do is I just want them to be a little more humble. 
I want them to at least acknowledge, you know, maybe they have relativism, but they go, you know what? There's maybe other ways of looking at the world. And maybe I haven't, I haven't pondered those other ways. I want them to at least be open to maybe we Christians aren't as crazy as we think, <laughs> you know, uh, because if they're a little more humbled and they realize the more they talk, the more that they're like skating on thin ice and, and they're not making a lot of sense and they're talking in circles, then they might be more open to another view. And that might be say, hey, you know, would you be open to hearing something else? You know, can I share with you a Catholic way of looking at the world, a Catholic way of looking at things? And I, I know you're not Catholic or I know you you may disagree. That's fine. I just want you to at least understand where I'm coming from. And then you start explaining things like, you know, at least Catholics talk about moral truth. This isn't like some law, some rule that's just out there. No, no, it's about happiness. It's about love. Do, do you want to be happy? You know, do, do you want more love in your life? Do you, want, do you want to love other people more? Do you think we should have more love in this world? Everything we as Catholics believe is all about love. And I, and I start explaining, now again, we don't have time to go into all this, but uh, at least in this episode, I just want to highlight the importance of pushing back, as Pope Benedict says. Well, well, he actually didn't use that language, but he said, we have to resist. We have to resist this imposition of relativism. Relativism is not neutral. It's not tolerant. It's not this open-minded kind of view. No, not at all. We as Catholics are the more tolerant people. We really are than the secular relativists. You know, most secular relativists just want to say, no, everyone has to do the same thing. You have to look at the virus this way. You have to look at foreign policy this way. You have to look at marriage this way. You have to look at uh, sexuality this way. You have to look at gender identity this way. And if anyone dares to raise questions or anyone dares to have an opposing view, they are going to be punished. They're going to be labeled. They're going to be rejected. They're going to suffer consequences. Whereas in a truly Catholic culture, if we're really living by our Catholic principles, then we would, we would not just tolerate people that have different beliefs, different religious beliefs, different moral convictions. We wouldn't just tolerate those people. We would respect them and we would love them. You see, tolerance is, you know, I tolerate the traffic. I tolerate bad weather. But the people in our lives the people in our communities, even if we disagree, I'm called to love them. I respect them. They have dignity. They are children of God. They're made in the image and likeness of God. We're brothers and sisters in the human family. And so again, we might disagree, but that doesn't mean I don't respect you. It doesn't mean we can't have a certain level of friendship. We should. And that's a Catholic understanding. That's real. That's better than tolerance. <laughs> but as Pope Benedict points out, the, the, all this talk about tolerance is just doublespeak. It's not real. Uh, it, it, it really is an intolerance. We tolerate everything that agrees with us, <laughs> anything that supports our view. And we're going to be intolerant for those that disagree. So let's resist this imposition of the dogma of relativism. Let's have really clear in our minds that many of our secular friends and relatives that, that talk about being open-minded, that have the lens of relativism, that, that they're the ones holding a dogma, the super dogma of relativism, and they want to impose their glasses on us. And what we want to do is just respectfully, lovingly, gently, kindly, but firmly say, whoa, 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 hold on. I don't know if I want to wear those glasses. You haven't convinced me that those are the great glasses to wear. Let's talk about those glasses. Yeah, go ahead and tell me about why you think this works. And in that process, I think they may be realizing a little more, well, maybe I haven't thought through this as much. Maybe there's other ways of looking at this. And then that gives you the door 
to be able to talk about a Catholic way of looking at the world. And you could just say, hey, you don't have, you don't have to wear these glasses. You don't have to try this suit on. <laughs> but, I, but I think if, if you do try these glasses on, you're going to find, wow, I see really well. If you do put the suit on and just test it, you, you go, wow, it, it fits nicely. That's, that's what I think happens is when, when I've seen this with so many young people who were very vehemently relativistic coming from this culture. They go away and live on a college campus where that's all being promoted. But then they're introduced to people who are living a different kind of life that inspires them, a truly happy life. And then they start asking questions. They start wondering, wow, you know, they're happy. I'm living in this crazy secular relativistic world and I'm not happy. And I see a different kind of life and it inspires me to be more open. Maybe, maybe that would be better for me. So I, this is just one little way to help push back and resist the culture of relativism around us. I hope this has been helpful for you. If you want more background on this theme, check out my book, Who Am I to Judge? Responding to Relativism with Logic and Love. Uh, you can check out that book that uh, walks through. It has study questions. You can use it in a men's group, a women's group, uh, a Bible study group, a small group. It's used in, fa- I know many families have used this. Many high schools have used it. Many college campuses use it. So very easy to read. Really engaging in the culture of relativism, but also giving us the tools we need to, to have deeper conviction about moral truth and the tools we need to talk about moral truth. So whether you're an individual that just wants to get better at this or you're a parent that you want to make sure your children can really be grounded in truth and, and withstand the, the, the intolerance of the culture around us, uh, this book can be very helpful for you. Thanks so much, my friends. You can always reach out to me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, or find me on my website, edwards3.com. That's edwardsri.com. God bless.